You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. I'm Lou. I'm Seth. And this is Enemy of My Enemy. My apologies to everybody watching live. I know we promised a Jacob, but we did not deliver a Jacob. Um, but, yeah, I know. His, his family got sick, and I told him that the podcast more important than the family, but he didn't buy it. So, unfortunately, this is what we got. Now, I'm going to quickly unapologize because we have Seth instead, who was a smash hit the last time he came on, and we are happy to have him. Uh, on the show. So you know what? I'm taking something away that I did promise, but I'm also delivering something that I didn't promise. That cancels out from what I understand. I've worked in politics for a while now. And so that is pretty much the way it works. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But we are happy that you are here today. We are discussing something that I feel like we've touched on tangentially a hundred times on this show, just because, hey, we're going through a pandemic. So, of course, there's going to be questions about uh, the vaccine, COVID-19, that type of thing. Now, I've generally tried to avoid the subject, so it hasn't been entirely uh, accidental that this hasn't been brought up directly because it's a medical issue which should be dealt with by a person. And like the, med- the libertarian position on it is so simple. Right. That it's it's very difficult to say, like, hey, you should make the right decision that you think is right for you and try to make that complicated. But we got a big, fat vaccine mandate. This is actually not our first one, but this is the first one that's really sweeping. I mean, I think they're saying 100 million American workers, which is well more than half the workforce. So this is likely affecting you if you work. And that that is a lot of people. Um, and so now we don't, unfortunately, usually they announce this and then I have like the bill and I can look it over and just be a nerd about it. Um, we, we kind of only have rumors as well as what's on the whitehouse.gov website. And so I, I, I have, I have bits of information that I've gathered from there. Um, but really it's as general as this. If you work for an employer and that employer hires more than 100 people, those employees are required to be taking, uh, to to have taken at least one <laughs> vaccine, um, and they do have to have proof of it. And again, now with the last few, including the healthcare one, which was I touched on on the show a little bit, uh, there was no exception for this. At the moment, I don't know if they're going to make any exceptions of it, but they were extremely hesitant to say that there were going to be exceptions. So I can't say they weren't popular last time, which makes me think even a politician will give in to peer pressure. Uh, But I don't know. And so if it didn't work out last time, I am fearful for it this time. There are companies like mine that are completely remote, and I, I, I just have no idea. I'll get into my th- thoughts on this in a second, but I'm going to turn this over to, uh, let's start with Lou. Lou, give me your thoughts on the newest vaccine mandate, as well as any thoughts you'd like to give on the vaccine and COVID, and we'll, we'll kind of hit the generals on this one, because I think 
I think we're mostly going to be against the mandate, so we might as well make this pretty general. <laughs> right. Um, so I know a lot of people, especially if you've been following the show or me in general, like, you know where I am on the vaccine and my horrific uh, reaction that I had. Um, overall, my position is if you think you should get it, talk to your doctor, do what's right for you or don't, whatever. I don't care. Don't be a jerk. That's literally my entire life motto. That's my political and philosophical everything. Don't be a jerk. Okay. So that being said, um, from what I gather, and, and much like you said, there's not a lot of detail out there other than, you know, snippets and reports of, but it's hard to find what's really um, going to be in this mandate specifically. Um, we do know they're talking about, you know, companies over 100 employees. Well, that gets, you know, that sounds like a lot, but really, I mean, most companies with that many um, employees, you know, just over 100 or whatever, they're still small businesses. Um, and they're going to start losing employees left and right. I mean, that's just going to happen. Um, there are tons of people who can't take it, won't take it, don't want to take it, or don't want to disclose one way or another whether they have or have not. Um, and that's their right. Obviously, like the overall, like I think most people will agree, regardless of what side of, you know, the political spectrum you're on. Like we don't like the government meddling in what we do with our bodies. You know, some people have more specific reasons or issues on that. But overall, I think we can all kind of agree on that. So, but when you start making mandates about what we do with our bodies and then it starts affecting our livelihoods during a time when we're already battling, you know, unemployment and major inflation and, you know, all of these financial things that are, affecting everybody's lives because of the last almost two years now of this pandemic, this doesn't make that better. And all it does is piss people off more. And in true American fashion, um, and to be fair, in true libertarian fashion or contrarian, as we like to call it, I, you know, there's so many knee jerk reactions out there to be like, well, I was going to get the vaccine, but now I'm not because you told me to like, you know, I, I, there's a, I won't say that it's a large percentage necessarily, but there's a very loud percentage of people who, you know, the government says, hey, you really should not jump off of a tall building or a bridge. They're going to be like, well, screw you. Don't tell me what to do and go jump off of something very tall. Um, just out of ignorant principle. The <laughs> <laughs> jerk reaction. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear the government say to do something because they're wrong 99% of the time. I just well, assume that the 1% that, that, yeah, I'm going to do the opposite thing as opposed to right. thank you for myself. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot there. I, I think we're going to see however this plays out. And, and I'll be honest, there's a possibility the Supreme Court's going to come down and go, no, you can't do that. So we may never actually see this fully come to fruition. 
Um, I kind of feel bad for the Supreme Court right now. But in a lot of ways, I do feel like they are proving themselves to be um, less like non-political. Um, Justice Barrett recently was quoted um, as talking about how the Supreme Court needs to not be seen as a partisan um, portion of the government. Yep. And I think we're seeing that a lot more lately. Um, it, I find really interesting. So on that note, so not only are we talking about the civilian side of things, but there also was the sweeping mandate for, you know, government employees. I'm kind of like, okay, well, as an employer, I, the same, you know, if an employer wants to tell their employees to be vaccinated, that's their right to do so. Um, when looking at this government mandate specific to government employees, then you look at, they made an exception for Congress members, you know, pretty much anybody in the White House and all of that, all the politicians and postal workers, postal workers, like 640,000 of them or whatever. It's some ungodly number. And these are people who are out going around, touch the stuff, yeah. touching literally everything that everybody touches. Everybody touches mail. How does that make any sense? Joe Schmo, who's a janitor in the Pentagon who may interact with a total of 10 people, he's got to be vaccinated. I, I believe they did reverse that decision. There was a, there was a okay. thought on it, but I think they did. I'm going to look this up real quick. You may keep going, though. Okay. So, yeah, I just, when you look at the two scenarios, and they're like, oh, well, you know, Congress doesn't have to get vaccinated, but everybody else does. You realize it's not about health. It's not about public safety. It is a game to them. It is a numbers game. It is about the money. It's, you know, if it was really truly about the health, all of every single Congress member would be lining up to get, get this done in their hometowns and say, please do what I'm doing and be an example for people or something more human, right? There's no human element here. It's line up and get injected or else. And I'm, I'm not even anti-vaccine. Like, I think it's a very good idea for a lot of people to get it. Um, I do think that more people need to understand how it works and understand that you can still get and carry and contract and spread illness. You're just that much less likely to have serious side effects and illness from it. Um, and I think that lack of understanding how the vaccine works is contributing to an, a level of irresponsibility that's causing us to see spikes in these numbers again. And, you know, it, you don't want to get a vaccine, maybe think about masking or don't like <laughs> whatever you want to do. Just don't be a jerk. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of protections that you can take, or, I mean, you could even just say, I am going to self-isolate or say, I'm only going to shop at places where every other, where they're okay with no, everybody accepts that this is kind of a danger zone. Or right. Like yeah. So I think, 
specifically with this mandate talking about, you know, the civilian workforce and people with 100 or more employees, you know, you're going to get the guy with 107 employees firing eight of them so he doesn't have to deal with this. Then, you know, things like that. And I, I think we're headed very quickly towards some combination of, you know, another trip down, you know, everybody gets unemployment checks or a UBI or what was the other one? It was three things. A UBI. Stimmy? Well, yeah, I think we're going to see more stimmies, unemployment. Contact credit, maybe. Something. It's going to have a massive financial impact. And, you know, we're already in sort of a downward spiral as far as, you know, the value of the dollar right now. And people struggling to find workers um, all over the country. It's only going to get worse. Government spending will definitely help. Yeah, government spending always helps. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bloomberg even noted uh, just the other day that uh, the $15 an hour minimum wage is actually going less than it was before the inflation, which, of course, every libertarian on earth is like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, let's have your thoughts on this. Oh, it's time for the surprise, Seth. <laughs> uh, real, real quick for those following along from Facebook land that don't know, on Facebook, I am not sure to tease and not. Um, I didn't know that until he was on the show. How cool is this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is, that, that, that Same is me. guy. Same, not sure. N-O-T-T, sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. I don't even know where to begin on this. I kind of think the whole thing is funny in a slightly terrifying but still funny way. <laughs> um, for starters, we've essentially had vaccine mandates for years and yeah. years and years. And the vast majority of people didn't care when it just applied to their kids. And most places to go to school, to do this, to do that, you know, your kids have had to be vaxxed and nobody said anything and got their kids vaxxed and went about their day. And all of these adults went through that too. And they all got their vax, you know, whatever vaccines you get as kids. I don't even know off the top of my head. Well, there's the 5G one. There's the blue chip one. No, I'm right. I mean, <laughs> no, but blue chip one is now my, yeah. you know, the notifications just go off right in my head. I don't even have to look at the phone anymore. It's delightful. <laughs> it's much safer for driving. Yes. Um. But yeah, no, nobody really seemed to care until recently. Um. The uh, the postal worker one I thought was funny that the postal worker exemption came about because of the postal worker union, which again, I found funny because all we've heard for years is how the evil Republicans are just gutting the power of unions yet somehow unions are still more powerful than an executive order from the president. Now on a side note, honestly, unions should be more powerful than an executive order from the president. Mm -hmm. So I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that. I just find it funny. <laughs> and again, I find it funny that, as Lou pointed out, you know, we're talking about people that a thousand, two thousand stops a day handling everyone's mail. Then they're taking that mail inside. No big deal. That no, they're okay with no vax. But if you want to keep your job doing whatever, if your employer has over a hundred employees, you better go get your vax. And I, I find it astounding. 
I also feel the need to point out that on the civil disobedience side of things, you can be pro-vax, you can be fully vaxxed, and you can still be civilly disobedient and tell the government to go stick it where the sun don't shine, and the same with your employer. And when your employer asks, you can just be like, it's none of your business. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It, now, to, to the Postal Service part, they did uh, one week ago, it looks like they clarified that USPS workers would be subject to the vaccine mandate. But I can confirm that one month ago, there's this report sitting right here that's like, hey, they... They not only are they exempt, but they've got an uptick of employees because of the exemption. It's just, yeah, it's strange that they didn't see how this could be a dangerous policy until about a, a, a week ago. But all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, a dumb and it was it was something weird. Like he like, as you mentioned, uh, Seth, there, there he had like met with like the union representatives like the day before that. that and then they were like, OK, well, they're exempt. And it's like, well. What happened at that meeting, right? Like something went on in the room where, where it happens there. And again, like they ended up doing, I guess I'll say the right, wrong thing, however you want to say it. But they ended up being like, okay, never mind on that. Probably because the public was like, uh, what is this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be honest, they probably just gave Joe ice cream. Yeah, I, okay. So no, no president has been. Now we have a very short sample on Joe, Joe, Joe Biden so far. I mean, this hasn't even been a full year here, but at least as of now, he has been the least like televised present president um, in our lifetime, just based on how long he served and how many appearances he's made, the duration of those appearances. Um, inferring that what you will, you could just say, oh, he's a really private guy. Maybe that's true. He does seem to like to be a private guy, especially if you're asking about his history of plagiarism and stuff like that. Nah, that's just being mean. I should be nice. Uh, but I mean, maybe he's just a private person. That's what's going on here. But the appearances themselves are also concerning because he does seem we've been on, we've talked about this in the program as well. He's he's a bit discombobulated and frazzled. And I think that there's there's it's a little scary. But uh, his press conference when he announced this new mandate um was was one of the one of the just it was very short but he left with that weird like whisper that get vaccinated into the microphone and then as he walked away not fielding any questions the reporters almost in unison if you watch this this video were like uh mr president how is this constitutional 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 and so weird that you're looking at a bunch of i mean we're talking left of center outlets just immediately on recognizing it being like, that's not constitutional. Anybody can see it, right? Like, I, I think a lot of us, and, and Lou, I'm glad you mentioned this as well, are looking at this and just saying the Supreme Court isn't, go they're going to look at this and be like, uh, no, you know, like, uh, we'll just go ahead and say no, and you're going to have to do this over again. There's been a tough history with executive orders, though, as, as it goes. The, uh, uh, as far as being overturned in the Supreme Court, unfortunately, we've allowed executive orders to do a lot of things and recognize that they are withstanding laws as much as they can be. And uh, a lot of times the Supreme Court goes that way. Now, I don't believe they'll let this particular one stand because it is it is so egregious. It's one thing to say, I own the healthcare system, the government does, and I am going to make them all get vaccinated. Okay, people. I mean, maybe not 
what we love, maybe not what the Constitution intended, but we're here and that kind of, uh, you kind of accept that it's like, all right, you work for the government, the government tells you to jump through a hoop, you jump through the hoop. But when it's companies that, and I alluded to this and I, I was like, oh, I'm about to go off on this and it's not my turn yet. Uh, <laughs> but like with my company, we are remote writers, but suddenly with this going, and, and we're international, like, you know, I, we have headquarters actually in, uh, I think one's in uh, England and one's in Canada. And then, and then I think we do have like some kind of headquarters in Indiana. Now, when I say headquarters, this is an entirely online company. That's where some dude gets the mail, right? But that's officially where we're listed in, the, in, in these places. Now we have about a hundred or so <laughs> freelance employees that write whenever they can. And honestly, it's nice to have some of them that just say, they, you don't hear from them, and then a game comes out that they like. I'm a video game writer, and a game comes out they like, and they'll write a bunch about it. And then we don't hear from them for another six months, and hey, that's okay. That's just, that's that's the nature of the biz, right? And it's nice having those employees here. But now, all of a sudden, when we're looking at, oh, we need to cut it under 100 employees, and we haven't done any of this yet, but this is what we have to consider if this takes effect, right? All of a sudden, they're looking at those guys, and they're saying, um... I love that you contribute sometimes, but we can only afford, like, we only really want to deal with having a hundred or less employees. And we are right at about there. You know, when I look at the, you know, and I don't have everything in front of me. I'm, I'm a self-editor, an editor, an updater, a writer. I don't, I'm not the boss. I don't have access to all the employees, but from what I can tell, it's a thing. And without the exceptions in place, these are remote workers. And this should really be a line of work that you should be able to do that doesn't endanger others, that says, hey, I am waiting to see what goes on with the vaccine. I'm not making a scene. I want to stay at home. I want to be safe. I don't want to get anybody else sick if I'm a risk. That's a responsible thing to do. And this is a responsible job to have. And now all of a sudden you're saying, nope, not even that anymore. Like not even you sitting at home, writing articles online, ordering food, delivering to your door and never going out in public. It's heaven. Believe me, I love it. But getting fired for it would just be just it, it is so it is so it discourages the behavior that you want to encourage and unfortunately this is where we're at because of the discourse we have because of this hostility towards unvaccinated people to just view them as as murder walking murder mannequins out in public that are just killing everybody as opposed to saying like hey you know what? I disagree with you about the science that you've seen or whatever you think you've seen or YouTube video you've seen, but I really appreciate that you're doing the right thing and staying at home until this whole thing blows over because that seems to me to be the valid compromise. And they're not even allowing that anymore. So unfortunately, when you cross that line, you give these unvaccinated people who are trying to be responsible no choice but to kind of act out. And, and so... Obviously, the way these mandates go into effect, people don't like them generally. I was looking, I was actually looking at this poll because it, it confused me because it said like, oh, these polls, these mandates are actually really popular among Americans. And then you read the questions and it's like, you know, it's it's popular if you ask the question like, do you approve of murdering vaccinated people and letting the unvaccinated take over the White House? And like most people are against that. But then as soon as you're like, should it should it be mandated, you know, that you have a vaccine in order to be employed? It's an overwhelming no. 
I, and it's it's kind of one of those that it's like that's I am aware that most I think I think our totals were something at like the sixty percent range of total vaccinated people who need to be vaccinated. A lot of countries are opening back up about that range. I'm not denying that we have problems. I think our death rate is now double what it was last year. And that is horrifying because September of last year, we were not doing well. So saying that we're now losing twice as many people as we were last year, we are back into the thick of this thing as much as we were ever into the thick of this thing. Um, and it, it sucks. Like it's one of those that I wish we could come together. There seems to me some common sense. Uh, changes need to take place when this happens. And I'm sorry if this agitates any libertarians that are like, no, I live my life and it's the same day, no matter what. Don't hurt people. Don't take care of your stuff. Your contagiousness is you. And if you infect somebody, you hurt somebody. I mean, this is the reason we say, I mean, if I sneeze all over your food and you get sick because I sneezed all over your food, I'm not just going to be like, eh, you're in public. That's just life. Now. No, I've done an irresponsible thing, right? So understand that there's a responsibility that needs to take place here. The deaths are staggering. These are all very sad. Um, there, there are changes that need to be made, but a lot of these changes that make sense to me would be like, hey, keep the people that are at risk. Maybe they stay home, like in a quarantine, like what a quarantine is supposed to be, as opposed to vac you know, quarantining the healthy. You get the people who could be at most at risk, and you help them stay home, bring them groceries. You know, if they're if you're going to write a stimulus again, being a libertarian. Of course, we don't do that. But if you're going to some reason write it, give it to those people who are most at risk to stay home and just be, at, at, voluntarily, of course, to, you know, to be like, hey, if you could get sick and you're worried about it, stay home. Here's some money. Here's some food. We'll get you through this. Everybody else out there is going to get sick. Be OK. We'll be done with this, whatever. And and there's so many points of view to consider in this. And, and, and we should be considerate of others. But a mandate is just not the way you're considerate of others. It tries to manufacture this morality and it doesn't work. It never has. We look at any, look at the vaccines we've had to mandate in the past, the vaccines we've had to mandate in the past. And, and after you've done a little research on that, I think I can help you understand why healthcare workers and the black community are so resistant to getting a mandatory vaccine. It is, it is something we have that our government has abused before. And so we need to understand that that's that's what we that th this is our history. If we give them something to abuse, they will abuse it again. I was reading this, and this is the Atlantic. This is a moderately left-leaning source, right? I guess according to the media bias chart, it's decently far on the left side. And even they are like these mandates open the door to doing so many bad things. Look at what happened in the wake of 9-11 and all the terrible things that happened. This is no different. If they can do this, think of what else they can do. You have Joe Biden now, and maybe you like Joe Biden now, but you're going to have somebody else tomorrow that you don't like, and they're going to use this precedent to do terrible things. Um, so yeah, that's the long way of saying I really dislike the vaccine mandate. Um, mandates of any kind are obviously harmful as a libertarian, but... I think specifically when I just say like, okay, pretend I'm a statist for a moment and I think government's a great idea. Is this going to work? Is this something that we want that will make government more functional? Is this something that will make us healthier? Is this the, something that will make us more empathetic? Is this something that's better for our future? And the answer is pretty much no across the board. There are really smart things we could do. Brian, 
uh, couldn't be here tonight. He's actually in a very lovely location right now and sending us pictures of that. So I kind of hate him for it. But he mentioned in the uh, We Are Libertarians chat that how of how much of this could have been dissuaded if they just did the normal amount of disclosures like they do with every vaccine and treated this like a normal vaccine. Uh, as opposed to over-promising and then when a problem or a heart problem comes up or a reaction comes up, they don't have to say, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. Uh, I had a story today about a doctor who saw, Lou, similar to what you had and a reaction to the vaccine, but couldn't write the note for it because he was worried about losing his medical license because if he writes on the note that somebody had a reaction to the vaccine, that he, he's going to get his medical license canceled. Even though he saw it happen, he knows, like he witnessed it, he was there, they did the test, this person had a reaction. And he was not anti-vax. He was like, this is a, this was a not, I've done a ton of these vaccines, this was not a normal event, this was a rare event, but if I even acknowledge the rare event, I could lose my medical license. That's where you get the crazies on YouTube popping up because they're going to take this story. They're going to blow it way out of proportion and make it look like it's 90% of it. But the fact is, is they feel like they have to do that because nobody's acknowledging that 1% of the time. And until you put it in perspective and say like, yes, this, I don't even say 1%. I think it's like a quarter of 1% or whatever it is. Until you acknowledge that this happens sometimes, then we are going to keep screaming louder and louder and blow it up until you finally acknowledge it. You know, I, I mean, they I, I brought this up on the show before, too. They've recently had a commercial where they said it's an, a perfect immunization. You don't you don't carry it to anybody else. There's never been a side effect. There never will be a side effect. Please stop saying the word side effect ever. It's never going to come up with these. They've had to take it down, of course, because it didn't end up being true. But they never said, hey, sorry. And until you get the hey, sorry, you're going to keep the crazy people popping up and being like, look, they promised all these things that ended up being lies. And without them issuing some kind of retraction or correction, then this kind of keeps coming up. Again, I'm not trying to overhype the fear. I'm just trying to tell you where the fear is coming from. Lou has had it happen to her. And so when you say, no, this can't, I mean, Lou, I even saw people interacting with you saying like, no, what, what you saw is what misinformation or fear mongering or something yeah, like that. Like it's just fear mongering. You literally just got home from the hospital. Like, Really? I'm pretty sure I was there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, their dishonesty with the vaccine goes back to the very beginning. You know, we first heard this thing's going to be 95, <laughs> 97% effective. And it is at keeping you out of the hospital. Yeah. But it's not 95, 97% effective at keeping you from getting COVID. Right. Which is how they tried to spin it before. They right. called it immunity. Immunity yeah. means that you don't get it. That's right. right. But no, it actually means that you're an asymptomatic spreader and yeah. you just don't go to the hospital. And when you're right. an asymptomatic spreader, you're a bigger risk to the public. Yeah. It's That's terrifying to me. Um, Which is now why vaccinated people need to wear masks again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get vaccinated. You won't have to wear masks again. Okay. Right. I did. I wanted to really quickly kind of double back on a couple of points. Go ahead. Um, you know, as you, one, you were talking about the doctor who basically said, I can't, you know, my doctor basically told me the same thing. She said, look, I'm not going to put it down in your chart as a connection. You know, however, I do have it here 
listed out in detailed chronological order and you can have a copy of this signed by me and go put it in the VAR system. And I need, I still need to do that. I haven't gotten around to it. Cause that's like, and that's another thing that VAR system is so complicated. <laughs> like you, there's so much to go through. And if you're not feeling good, you get through like the third page and you're like, Oh, I'll do it later. Like, right. it's kind of, it debates the purpose just a little bit. And then you fight through it to do the whole thing. And then they're like, well, anybody can report. So this really doesn't even matter. Right, exactly. like, well, why did I do that? Why, exactly. why, why is this our only system for reporting that I've had a problem? Like, right, exactly. Um, and then one of the things that he had said also was about, you know, how we have had vaccine mandates for a bazillion years, it seems like, because we do. We force our children to get vaccinated in order to go to public schools or do this or that or have access to certain things. Um, and I find it, I find that to be a testament to, you know, how we as Americans view children. They are not, we don't look at them as, you know, humans with autonomy, individuals with autonomy. Um, yes, as are our children, there are our charges and we're responsible for them. But, you know, right now we're looking at a vaccine that's not even approved for children. So it can only be mandated for adults and teens. I think we're down to teens now. Right. Um, but so we all have autonomy and we're like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know about this, you know. And, and it's crazy to me because I'm not even anti-vax. Like, my kid is vaccinated and will continue to be vaccinated, like, as she should be. Um, but, like, that just, that struck a chord with me. And I know, like, youth autonomy is a totally different topic. But that was just something that really stuck out to me. I mean, we, we've talked, I've talked about on the show, the big part of speech and debate with me, one of the things that I had to learn to make myself better was that you don't deny somebody else's experiences, right. you know? And, and for me, that's, that's one that if you have your experience denied, you're autom you automatically will discredit anybody who has a plan that doesn't include you as part of it, or has some kind of belief that, ex that thinks that you're a liar because you know, your experience, you just, you know what it is. You know what happened, right? So, like, you need to be able to say it. And it's okay to say, like, and I've said on this show, I think it's generally a good idea. I think most people should get it. And, like, it's okay that if you're not sure or you have the concerns that you have, like, you should take precautions to make sure you don't spread it to other people. And, like, there's a normal conversation to have about this. But it's so... It's so warped. I mean, I just... Is there any subject quite like this that has become so divisive among family members and friends that it's like, it's not okay to have a non-political opinion, right? Cause most of the time they're very political opinions, right? Like the, you fight over dinner about being like my Republican Senator is better than your democratic representative. Da, 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 da. Right, boring. But most of the time it's, it's that now it is, you know, Oh, I, you know, I'm worried about, these side effects did you see this information or you know uh, hey you know what i've seen people die over it that thought they didn't need it i'm kind of in that i want to make sure i'm safe i hope you want to make sure i'm safe too you know these normal opinions about medical stuff i mean what if you know cancer was this 
opinionated like this political or obesity was this political it's just something that is so i think for me it's very striking that this has become so political because we expect these i guess a lot of people expect politicians to come in and save the day when something big like this happens but it is i mean it it's still it's still like kind of in the in the area of car accidents and you know, that's certainly not a political issue. Like it's, it's still something that we should fix. Like don't drive like an idiot, but yeah, uh, it, it's. I, and I think part of the, the mistrust and, and you touched on this a bit earlier is would you have doctors in the medical community so entangled with the political community? It makes your average citizen a little nervous. <laughs> you know, we don't know what to think. We don't know who to believe, what to believe. And this kind of over like ability to access any kind of information, true, false, or somewhere in between, and have no ability to verify something, at least not easily in a lot of ways. Um, it just, people get scared. And when people are scared, People polarize, like, when it comes to their opinions. And it, it really is sad to see how polarizing this is when the human compassion side should just look at it and go, wow, you know, there are some people who are getting very sick or very hurt or, you know, are out of work or they need compassion. And as humans what is the most compassionate way to deal with it? It's not to look at someone who has been sick or had an illness or injury from either COVID or the vaccine and tell them that they're lying, they're fear-mongering. Like, if you're holding on to your political-ish like, opinion so strongly that you would look at someone and basically scoff at their personal experience just like you said it's it's unbelievable to me like there's no compassion in humanity anymore it's very very sad yeah the you know the fda came came up and this was part of uh joe biden had a series of and this is kind of a story in the news as well three losses in the same hour uh one he found out something that we've known for a while here, but that missile strike that was to retaliate against the uh, terrorists that did the bombing at the airport. And he, you know, announced that big tweet. I mean, even used like the white house Twitter account, official statement was like, I promised to get revenge. And I did for that bombing. Nobody messes with us. And so we blew up some terrorists. Yeah. It was seven kids and three adults and they were like aid workers so we and now we knew that for a while we saw it we saw some pictures and they were like we're researching into seeing if those really were aid workers because we followed them around for eight hours and that would be really surprising if they ended up being terror if they weren't terrorists but sure enough the best intelligence on planet earth can follow a person for eight hours and not tell if they are a terrorist loading bombs in their car or an aid worker putting water in their car dumb so that happened um, I forget the other loss, but then the other one was the FDA is like, hey, the risks. And, and again, this is the FDA. I don't I don't like the FDA. I, if, I 
the FDA has messed with my life. You know, everybody's got their one thing. The FDA is like my, that's the entity that has messed up my life more than anybody else's, uh, more than any other government entity. Every libertarian has their government entity that's messed with them. The FDA is mine. I have no love for them. But they came out and they were like, you know what? The vaccine's probably good for kids and the elderly, but it's just too risky for kind of everybody in between. Uh, for because they've only got the what well, they got the Pfizer approved right now, but they're talking about the booster for the Pfizer, and they're like, we really just don't recommend that most people get the Pfizer booster unless you're a little kid or elderly person because it's just too risky. And why bother with those risks? We're still studying it um, for these people that might actually die from it, or in the case of the kids, I guess spread it around because I guess kids are pretty handsy. Um, not really good at keeping their hands to themselves and they get around a lot. And apparently like the masks are kind of like a disaster and everything. Cause they'll sneeze on them and lick them and swap them and not wear them. Right. And of course, that has, just that I love kids. they're disgusting. Love kids. I mean, we've all been there, but yeah, it's for some reason, like it's not until like the age of like 10 that you find out like what dirt is and start reacting to it. I, I don't know what it is that magically comes into your brain and you're like, Oh, that's gross. I get it now. Um, but yeah, apparently that just happens when you hit the double digits. It's it's just magic. Um, but yeah, but they didn't recommend it for anybody else. And it's just one of those things that you say, you know, I, I am I, I am glad at least they're being somewhat consistent, not just approving things regardless. But I think it does at least say like, okay, hey, here's who it's safe for. Here's who it's not safe for. And I think that we can, if the FDA can respect that, you'd think the average person would be able to respect that as well, right? But it's just, it's not where we're at. I don't even see it as a loss for Biden so much as just science happening. And the FDA is, believe me, far from a scientific entity, but at least, you know, to be like, hey, I don't want, we don't want our hands on uh, telling everybody to get this booster shot when the booster shot could end up hurting them more than the disease itself. And at least, at least there they can have some consistency because they don't want to get sued or blamed or discredited entirely, even though they should be. But, you know, at least in this case, they, they're, they're acting in, in somewhat of a way. And I think that that's a reasonable thing to say, to just be like, oh, hey, it's risky for these people, not risky for these people. It, it, it's the conversation right now just allows for no nuance, no conversation and no wondering. I think the problem is, is there's no questioning allowed. You know, Nicki right. Minaj throws this thing out there and it might not be the most intelligent thing I've ever heard. And I, I know she said like, hey, I'm doing some research and I'm, if I get vaccinated, it's not going to be go to, to go to the Met, which is good, right? That That's a good, you know, <laughs> you should not be vaccinated to go to a party just because they make you. You should probably just avoid the party, which is what she did which is the right thing to do. And then she shared something that shows like what infertility <laughs> or ball swelling or something goofy that wasn't, wasn't accurate. But instead of there being this like gentle, like, Oh, Hey, check out this info that, that talks about that exact thing you're talking about. It's nope, your account's limited. And the white house would like to have talk with you, please. If you'd go visit them. And it's like, man, you can't even like, talk about it like there's there's no room for wondering and and i know for me it makes me feel like going full insane and radical when you don't allow people to just ask a question or make a supposition or gently correct them if they say something that makes a mistake i've shared fake news before and i'm fine with being like oh hey guys like i mean i think twice in the last 
few months I found out I shared the story. There was the uh, the picture of the one guy who was at the uh, Waco thing, but it wasn't actually him. The the ruins of the Waco, and I was like, you know what? I shared that story thinking it was true because I saw it from I think like the New York Post or something. I, I, I shared it, and I was like, ah, oh, you know what? That ended up not being true, and I said it, and it's not a big deal. Like this doesn't have to be a big deal, but we create this culture where if you share something wrong or if you ask the wrong question, it becomes a big deal, and that makes people scared to have a conversations and scared to share how they really feel. That doesn't squash how they really feel. It just makes them internalize it and not share it with you. And that makes it so that these bad ideas kind of don't ever get squished because they never compete in this realm of ideas. They get insulated and they get radicalized. And I think people like that see the Mickey, Mickey Minaj situation and maybe even Nicki Minaj herself goes, well, that's a terrible reaction that everybody had simply because I asked a question and shared a study that people don't like. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe I'm right. <laughs> I have to say, like, I I hate to laugh, but when Fauci has to go on national news to tell Nicki Minaj that scrotum swelling is not a known side effect of a vaccine. <laughs> I'm like, what reality are we living in? And like the actual, like, I, I don't know, like the Fox or CNN equivalent, right? In Trinidad, where this, you know, friend of whatever cousin was supposedly at, like they're talking about it. Like they're top political commentators about someone's poor swollen scrotum. And I just. <laughs> We've got to a crazy place. <laughs> We've got to a crazy place, man. It's it's when, it, when a rap lyricist and an HIV missubscriber, you know, it, unite together on national TV, you just kind of look at it and you're like, I don't. Well, what reality is this? Can they can we go back in time? I think we're on the messed up timeline. We yeah. got the one that's, oh my gosh, and Archie right on cue, slipped off the timeline. There it is. The yeah. I mean, it's funny that we both think the same thing, but it, we are just, we are in a weird time with this, undoubtedly. We really are. Like, the timekeepers are pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to throw some, some, a little bit of shade here. We're talking about correcting our message and being correct. I do have to say, pretty unabashedly, I know I said it a little bit before, but if you get somebody sick by being reckless, I mean, if you hit somebody driving by being reckless, I would hold you accountable. If you get somebody sick by being reckless, I would still hold you accountable. And there are, I think that this this has to do, it's funny because I think a lot of these people are kind of on the the right side of liberty, if you will. And I feel that it's very propertarian which is usually a right side thing but to be like you got to respect their property so if they say these are the rules on my property those are the rules on their property i mean if you know and so if they decide that you need to obey these rules and you can't be coughing on people or getting too close to people or even if they want you to stay 100 yards away or something ridiculous it's their property and if you don't like it you go somewhere else and vote with your feet you know like you just you just need to be you need to be cognizant of other people and that, that you still have a responsibility to not hurt people and not take their stuff. If your car counts as something around you hurting somebody, then your germs count as you hurting somebody else as well. 
obviously there's a reasonable like limit to this. You can go outside and smoke a cigarette without being like, you're the one putting the hole in the ozone layer that's killing everybody. Like I, I understand this. It has to, there's like an offset, right? Like a carbon thing, which is, I mean, that's something entirely different, but that's something to talk about as far as like, at what point is your pollution actually affecting the people around you? But, you know, I, I think that there is this kind of thing. You can have a normal barbecue and keep your, noise and fun and whatever in your reasonable vicinity. And then you can certainly have a smoke flame fire that affects your neighbor's house and that hurts them. And so if you've got a sickness or an illness and you give somebody that illness because you've acted irresponsibly, you're on the hook for that. And there's plenty of information to tell you right now what is being irresponsible. And if you've just decided that you're going to do whatever because it's all a fake and nothing's real, and I'm sorry, but you are just, you are not consistent with your libertarian ideals. This is a libertarian podcast. And I have to hold you to that when you do behave that way. And obviously, look, on one side, I'm, I'm getting crazy. I'm like, hey, you're spreading some misinformation or you're, 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 you've spread some misinformation and you've kind of made it impossible for anybody else to share their misinformation so everybody else kind of trusts their misinformation instead of your misinformation but spreading information is bad killing somebody else is about as bad as bad gets and so if you kill somebody else by being irresponsible keep this thing spread because you're being irresponsible you really kind of don't get what libertarian society is all about libertarianism is not about the end of society we're not all a bunch of hermits we don't want to be i think effectively most of us don't wish to be a bunch of hermits so you do some people some people i get it these libertarians we're talking about here but most of us do want that association that comes with interacting with other people we just want a couple of consistent standards to do it with and not hurting people and not taking their stuff is a great baseline standard to have when you do business with other people. But if somebody says like you being sick or gross to people, like and you not being careful in the middle of a pandemic is hurting people, you need to respect that and be like, either I can obey this rule. And so I will keep engaging with society or I cannot. And I will not. Now, this is obviously if you're surfing in the middle of the ocean, that's cool. If you're podcasting in your basement, that's cool. I've, I've, I've said a million times, and I feel like no matter what, somebody's going to hear what they want to say, especially when I take these middle ground positions, that they're going to say like, ah, he's against us. He hates us. This is, this is just, I feel like this is the place you have to be in. It's just you can't make other people sick by being reckless, and you other people, you can't enforce something on them if they aren't hurting anybody. Right. I, you know, it's a great middle ground place to be. If three years ago you were the guy who said, you know what? I've got a little bit of a fever and a sore throat. I'm going to stay home today so I don't get everybody else in the office sick. If you were that guy three years ago, but now you're screaming about how you refuse to follow whatever rules because you don't care and you just want to do what, do your thing. Like, Rules are for libtards. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, you know, we talk about libertarian society and, and more specifically an anarchist society. What, what do we, you know, it's rules without rulers, meaning that we are responsible enough for ourselves to be able to maintain a society where we're not killing each other off. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> right. Seth, I'm going to let you have the, you've been such a fantastic listener, but I'm going to let you have the closing, okay. uh, whatever you want to say on this one. And, well, then you, and then we can move on to the peace of my mind segment. Back to like why I think this is all funny and I'm about to piss off the left and the right here. I I just want to point out to everyone that Biden mandated Trump's vaccine. So hopefully (laughs) a whole bunch of heads out there exploding right now. Oh, Um, yeah. No, because I do. It's like people forget there was a time when the left was going, I'm not taking Trump's vaccine. Oh yeah, all the all the people cheering the like Biden vaccine mandate Didn't, a was, year was ago it, were screaming about how crooked Trump was and they were never going to put a Trump vaccine in their body. Wasn't Kamala Harris that said she wouldn't take a vaccine yeah. developed by Trump? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And Joe Biden, by the way, uh, less than a year ago said he would never mandate a uh, vaccine either. So <laughs> I took it last week, let alone last year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, keep going, keep going. Um, Man, you made me. You guys made me lose where I was going. <laughs> it's too funny. It's too funny. Sorry, uh, uh, Biden mandate oh, Trump's vaccine. <laughs> I do think a lot of the confusion in this whole mess comes from the fact that a whole bunch of people that haven't really thought about science since eighth grade freshman year, the last time they had to take a science class, are watching for the first time in their lives the scientific method unfold. In real time. In real time. You know, on things that we've had a thousand years to study, science has an answer. Right. On things that we've just discovered, science does not have an answer like that. It takes time. And sometimes the answer changes because that's that's just how science works. You know, 300 years ago, we put leeches on you to cure anemia. Super effective. Right? Not very effective, but we didn't know better. You know, now we do. We don't do that anymore. Um, But I think that's caused a lot of confusion for a lot of people because answers keep changing. Information keeps changing. Um, You know, the more data we get, the more questions questions we have because you've got more data and that data doesn't always line up with what you've been previously told. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you both. I appreciate your thoughts on the subject. Again, not a whole lot of diversity here, and I usually pride the show on having diverse libertarian voices, but frankly, there's not really a right or left libertarian argument to be made that's for a mandate. There's also not a libertarian no. argument that that's made that says you're allowed to be reckless and make other people sick. No. I think that's kind of the middle ground here and us normie libertarians that haven't been fully pushed to the far left or far right kind of right there. I don't even want to say far left and far right that haven't been put been pushed to the top of the authoritarianism spectrum and made concessions that they shouldn't with either Biden or Trump. Um, it's just kind of a normal place to be. Um Yeah. Anyhow, uh, everybody stick around. We are going to have a brief commercial and then we're going to come back with a piece of my mind. Hang on tight. It's about to get awesome. And welcome back, everybody. I appreciate you hanging tight there. All right. Piece of my mind segment. Now, I had something all lined up that I was going to talk about, but then AOC wore the tax the rich dress to the Met Gala and I just couldn't resist 
talking about that because it just uh, it opened up so many uh, so much passion uh, in people because obviously they feel a certain way about it. Uh, this is nothing new for AOC. She is very much a uh, and and even if and I will even say that I feel like people may hate me for this. She's one of the more libertarian members of Congress. I feel that she's one of the more more honest. Obviously, we've had some inconsistencies on her part. She's still a politician after all, but I think she is one of the more genuine people in office. Um, and so, but I think the tendency when you see something like this is to go hard at her. Um, but this really isn't nothing new. She's been a performer before. Um, you know, I, I think that this is this is a obviously it's a performance. I mean, she kind of admits it. She's like, hey, I'm gifted the ticket. I was gifted the dress. I wanted to make a scene. I was like, hey, if I'm going to go to this thing, I want to send a message. And that message that I want to send more than any other in the world is tax the rich. All right. Now, here here's the thing. To, to be fair to AOC, I, I, like I said, I, I want to be charitable to her. I do feel she is one of the more libertarian members of Congress much as I understand that that might irritate some people, I can explain that position a different time. But there's at least a couple of issues that I'd agree with her on. As far as taxing the rich, okay. I Very rich people tend to be very much... I view this a lot like politicians. And I've heard me say this on the show, but I think I'll say it again. Maybe I haven't said it on the show. You know what? You might get something new here. The reason I feel that most politicians tend to be psychopaths is because the job itself is kind of not fun and kind of requires you to be a psychopath in order to make it fun. So if you say, I enjoy this, let sign me up for more of this, then you enjoy, now, now there's money that comes with it, there's prestige that comes with it, but all of that outweighs this phone banking and these bad deals that you have to make and these, I mean, just... The corrupt people that you have to form partnerships with and like the whole process is it not only is it gross, but it's very time consuming. You really have to put your family on the back burner. I mean, and all of them will basic. I mean, most of them will admit this to say like, yeah, I mean, I've needed I haven't been able to I've needed help at home. And I have nannies and they they raise these people and I have to send my kids to these schools and these tutors. And, you know, you and and frankly, I don't blame them if now, obviously, I don't like politics, politics. So I do blame them in that regard. But as far as if you work a job that demands those kind of hours, you kind of have to do those things. Right. So there's a natural psychoticness that comes with being a politician because you have to want to rule and think that those rewards are worth the whatever you have to put into it. Now I'm going to make this same extrapolation for like ultra mega billionaires because most of them that get there do have to work pretty hard, but they usually end up being kind of psychotic because anybody that's like, yeah, I want another ultra, you know, $5 billion house that I'm going to stay in for one month. And it's worth doing this, this, and this and paying my employees this, this, and this less that's concerning. Right. Like so when so when you say I'm willing to do those things, there's a problem that comes with that. There's this story, of course, coming around this week from this guy who's like, hey, remember a few years ago when I said I would pay all my all my employees seventy thousand dollars and take a pay cut and my my business is doing better. There's there's good business to be made by not taking all the money at the top. Now, I am still a capitalist. Believe me, 
I think you should be compensated for your risk. I think you should be compensated by the amount with the amount of hours that you pour into it. I think you should be compensated for your expertise. Uh, and so I understand that not everybody is going to be making the same amount of money. But there does come a point where you say this guy has hogged, you know, of the my my company, let's say after you buy all your products or whatever, you know, has a 3% profit margin and this one guy and the board are taking 2% of it and the rest of the company is taking 1% of it. There's something where you got to be like, okay, well, the rest of the company is 99% of your employees spit, trying to split the small part of this pie while you and like eight other people take the, the big portion. And there's a kind of a psychoticness that comes with that and the, a, an egoism and a narcissism that comes with that and saying that I deserve these things. I, rich people do not endear themselves. However, Going to the, my true middle libertarian values, which is why I chose this story. Taxing the rich is not going to fix the problem. AOC even specified on Twitter she was only talking about, like, the richest 10 people. At which point I'm like, just name them. Like, you might as well just be like, yes, I'm saying tax these 10 people and nobody else, right? Like, everybody's worried that you're talking about them and you're like, no, 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 I'm just talking about these 10 people. At that point you might as well name them. But on the other hand, look. And AOC is usually bright enough about this, but and, and but she does fall for this whole increase the taxes so that we can pay for this. She had that terrible 60 Minutes interview. Um, and this was in her earlier days, but the one where, you know, where they were like, well, if you tax the rich, you're actually going to make less revenue for Congress. And she was like, well, we as millennials have been putting up with this for a long time. It's like, well, you didn't answer the question. It's sad that she's not kind of changed her stance on this and still feels that for some reason this will generate revenue. It won't. Okay. These people, you don't tax the rich people. You tax the people that work for them. Anytime there's been a tax, it always ends up taxing the people that work for them. And it's not going to work. It's a terrible idea. It does. And, and honestly, here's the thing. And it drives me crazy because I wish AOC of all people would realize this because she's talked about corruption with her colleagues before. And she's talked about these bad, bad deals and this wasted spending for you need to fix what you have before you take something from somebody else. Even if it's somebody like a multi billion dollar business person who I am telling you right now is probably a psychopath. I understand that they do things that I don't like. They have bad business practices. Many of them are corrupt. They cut corrupt deals. They keep themselves on top. They support regulations that make it so that other people can't compete with them. I dislike most of these mega billionaires that she's talking about. But before you steal a dime from somebody else, you need to spend what you have wisely. You need to be transparent and accountable for the money that you have taken. And look, obviously taxation is theft. So right off the bat, when she says tax the, I'm like, nope, already lost me. But when you say like tax the rich and you're sitting on this pile of wealth that you squander and waste. And we always find out that X million dollars went into coffee mugs that we don't know where they are. And X thousand dollars went into renovating the this room and getting the fine china done in the White House. And X, X million dollars is just plain missing. That always happens. And X billion dollars is we gave it to these school districts, but they never ended up getting, oh, well, I guess it's just gone. All of these have to be fixed before you take a penny from somebody else. And that's, I think, where AOC is going to miss the mark. It's hard because, like, I understand that you see these mega billionaires having a space race and you're like, you're flaunting this money. You make it difficult to defend you. I don't want to defend somebody who's just like, I did a billion dollar rocket trip into space. Look how special I am while my employees are making minimum wage. 
you suck. You're a sucky person. You're a suck incarnate. And I don't like defending you. But I also understand that you can't demonize these people if you are hemorrhaging money. If you are wasting money and you're being irresponsible with money, you can't demand their money until you are responsible with your money. Because ultimately, you are taking yours by your money by force. They're taking theirs by kind of force, but only because they've cut bad deals with you. And anyhow, that's my long rant. That's my AOC at the Met Gala dress. Uh, Seth and Lou, how do you feel? I got a comment here. Okay, go ahead. First off, I'm mad because AOC wearing that dress overshadowed the guy that showed up in a pinstripe suit and the pinstripes on the suit were the names of people murdered by police and he should have stolen the show. And that should be what we were all talking about. Instead, it was AOC's dumb dress. I'm so bummed that I missed that. So I'm upset about that. Um, Yeah, you should be. I can't believe I missed it. Okay. Second, on the uh, the billionaires in their current space race, I just have to point out that history repeats itself because a hundred years ago, not quite a hundred years ago, uh, the world was having the same conversation about the millionaires of that time and their little pet projects, the burgeoning airline companies. So we can fault them and maybe it is in poor form that, some of your employees may be struggling in public aid. I don't know that any of the specific billionaires in the space race are paying their employees minimum wage. They're I think not. they're all above not that. One. That's good. Amazon um, starts at eighteen fifty an hour. But there is something to be said about private space exploration, and there is something to be said for moving the species forward into the stars. Because clearly NASA got to the moon, flew a few shuttle missions, and basically said, screw it, put their hands in the air, and closed up shop. Which, so, as libertarians, we complain a lot about, like, government having their hand in medical or space or blah, 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 right? So we should be applauding capitalists moving technology forward. That's right? fair that's enough. Part it's, why, it's weird for me to be the left libertarian, but I guess I just... I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Like, it is kind of douchey in a lot of ways. Like, when Bezos came down with his little cowboy hat, and I was like, <laughs> you that didn't interview, have to be yeah. the one to go. Like, yeah. you could have sent people who were actually qualified to be in space. But also, if it was me and I had that kind of money, I'd be like, woo, I'm going to space, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't stop me. You really couldn't. Um, I, and I think like, if you really watch that moment, like you can't deny that there was a truly genuine childlike expression of just pure joy and excitement on his face as there would be for anyone who was like, Oh my God, (laughs) like I did it. I went up in space and I came down and I lived. Oh my God. That's so cool. Look what I did. You know? So, like, that I'm not mad about. but That's fair. When it comes to space exploration and the space race, um, I don't know that there's anyone in this country that can get through the day without using something that we have in our daily lives because of space exploration. And 
because of you know the research that's gone into getting humanity into space and exploring the stars i'm gonna back up to go ahead her dress god damn aoc that is the biggest troll i have ever seen and i am so proud she walked into the met and literally trolled every rich person there and I'm so proud of her for that. I don't necessarily agree with tax the rich, right? Um, but that took balls. It was bold, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's surrounded by the rich saying tax the rich, yeah. I, I just, that was bold and I loved it. You know, even if I didn't agree, I think that speaks to her, her character as you know, a Congress critter <laughs> yeah. she does have a level of honesty and genuineness. And I came from the regular people that we have lost completely in Congress. And I hope she doesn't lose that. And I hope she manages to stick around long enough to really grow up, learn a little bit and keep the grit and make the impact she has the potential to make without turning into the rest of the ancient Congress critters. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you mean. I remember once she said something about like libertarians being, I think like closed borders or something. And then she actually like cared enough to correct herself. Like she actually like, I, it was some on social media or like an interview or something, but it was like, Hey, sorry about what I said. I just found out that libertarians are open borders. My bad on that one. And I was like, dang, like, most of the time you just be like, you know, I hate those guys. Ignore. They're a third party. Right. I don't care that I said a wrong thing. I don't care. Right? right. So the fact that she took the time to actually care and like correct herself does make me give her some honesty points. And I did try to say that going into it. Like I do find her to be one of the more genuine people. I, yeah. I do hope that on top of learning about uh, the libertarian stands on open borders, she also learns a little bit about how tax code works and how if we actually want, you know, Congress to be funded, that that maybe there's some some internal changes that need to occur there. I, like I said, she's even like tweeted about this kind of stuff before. I just think you need yeah. to you need to get that in order before you take somebody else's money. Is kind of my only point. I know as far as like privatization of space, look, I'm down, I'm down to go there. But like, I think for me, it's like make a, make a company on that. I don't know. It's hard for me to see like employees struggling, I guess. And I do think like, if you have the chance to like give them more, like, I don't know. I and mean, then maybe that's just me. Cause I don't like taking money from anybody else. Like I could just be, cause I'm a nerd. I'm not the one who took the risks. I think for me, I don't know Jeff Bezos' exact rule, but do I think that he is worth, you know, 10 million of his employees because that's what he gets paid, like, per hour? You know, it's like, is he worth that? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I guess that'd be for others to say. How much was that risk worth? I would like for the market to determine that, but we kind of don't have that right now. So your point is well taken. I, I will consider that a little bit because I do think there is... I mean, if anything, that childlike enjoyment might be the thing that gets him in touch with his happiness and his self and him wanting to bring that to other people. So maybe, maybe that's how it goes. Seth, why don't you give us a piece of your mind, my friend? What's on your brain? Anything. Oh. 
Man. I wasn't ready. You know, I mean, oh, football's back. I mean, it's. I don't watch the sports ball. That that, oh. that doesn't that, See? that that doesn't help me at all, man. That <laughs> man. All right, all right. Well, let me go through Yahoo News and I'll just shout some things that come up. You're right. If if you're ready, go ahead. I need a minute to think. All right, you know, well, yeah. Let's have Lou go first. We'll close with you. Okay, get, go get, for your, it. get your hamster running on that wheel. All right, so I'm gonna pivot. This is less political and um, a little, well, a lot sad. I know a lot of people have been watching um, pretty closely and intensely the um, the Gabby Petito case, um, and I'm I don't I don't think I need to rehash all the things, um, but there are so many details in this case that just I keep coming across, and it's it's hard to keep up. And it appears they found her body this evening, this afternoon. Like an hour um, or two before we went on air, I saw. Yeah, that. yeah. And uh, I got, I mean, watching the press conference live when the the FBI agent was holding back tears. I mean, that's tough. That's really tough. Um, you know, and I, it seems like ever since the fiance went missing, you know, reported missing Friday, but had been missing allegedly since Tuesday. But if you go back and look. No one's actually seen him in person. Like there are no accounts of anyone seeing him since at least the 11th. Um, and there's like, I got to give it up to um, like the Reddit sleuthers, but also tell them to calm down a little bit. <laughs> you mean like, she wasn't abducted? I don't. Right. Like there's some really <laughs> um, insane theories out there and the people keep like, oh my God. And like running with. Um, but then there are some other things that, you know, I think it's in some ways, I think social media has helped a lot. Um, one of the things that came out shortly, I mean, within a few hours of her body being found was a GoPro video of someone passing their van in that pretty much that exact location. Um, and then shortly after that was handed over to authorities, they found her in that area, like within a hundred yards. And so like, that's definitely helpful, you know, cause people on the internet are like taking their time and slowing down and zooming in video and, you know, all of these things. And, and that's really cool. And if anybody here has ever seen anybody watching has ever seen, um, there's a Netflix special called Don't Fuck With Cats. And it's all about how this group of Facebookers found this murderer overseas. And it's wild. The story is really, really fascinating. Um, I won't get into details because it's pretty gruesome. <laughs> but they it was literally people on social media who were scouring hours of videos and, you know, just people connecting. So I think it's really neat that we have that ability and that connection. Um, and I think that can be, and is oftentimes useful for law enforcement. Well, for investigators in cases like this, let me be clear. I'm not a fan of law enforcement, but when it comes to investigators investigating crimes like this, I'm all for it. Um, so, 
but also be careful what you spread or what you repeat or what have you. I mean, obviously it's going to happen. There's going to be something. I mean, hell, even at one point, I want to say the Northport police had released something about a body being found and what it was, it was completely unrelated. It was a homeless man in a, on the other side of town who had passed away and been found a completely unrelated, but somehow it got ran with and rumors were spread that Brian, um, laundry had been found and he wasn't. So my point being, and all of this is, I think social media is both like the goodest of good and the baddest of bad in so many ways. Um, and it's up to us to be responsible with it, much like our health. It ties into the episode. Clever, oh, it does. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, this, this story, like you said, it's very sad. It's a sad ending. We kind of knew it was sad going into it. I mean, it was a, uh, well, I think what I take away from it, and again, I've only been following it loosely. You've been on top of it all week. The majority of my updates on this have, have come from stories that you've shared, Lou, um, which is kind <laughs> yeah. of how I've been keeping up with it. It is a national news thing, so it's not like you're crazy. I mean, everybody's talking about it. I mean, I'm crazy, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that too, but, you know, in this in this particular instance, you're not, uh, you know, it's I'm trying to cut back on saying the word crazy because I know it's ableist, and I've already caught myself saying crazy and insane in this episode. It is a, I, I apologize, that's a tough one for me. I'm trying, but it's a, uh, it's tough. I'm working on it. Anyhow, uh, to continue on, uh, I think what I take away from this is if you are in an abusive situation or relationship, please, please, please get out of it. Please, please, please get your distance from it. It's going to be hard. It's difficult. I know. Find a connection, find a hotel room, do whatever you have to do. Um, I, I think there it's pretty telling that they got pulled over by the police and they were going to like they were even gonna arrest her on domestic abuse charges, like before like being like being like, no, it's okay and letting them both go. Uh, obviously on both cases, very toxic, right? Like this is a this is a bad relationship and you're stuck in a van together and doing this thing together. And man, it's cool. I get it. The dream is cool, right? But if you are in a situation that just even if you don't feel at your safest or even if you just think you know man just a little bit of distance could be okay like please just go seek that i think it's very sad that we had this kind of we know that they had been fighting and some type of physical alteration altercation had occurred and then like a day or two after that i don't know how many days shortly after that i'll just say one person ends up dead and the other person ends up disappearing you just look at that and you just say like, man, did you not have anywhere to go? Like, I just, I, this just seems as like one of those preventable things. And believe me, I understand what it's like for people in that relationship to not feel like there is an escape or not feel like it's not that easy to just walk away or that you feel if you walk away, you're walking away from your dreams. But the thing is, is if it is your dream and you take a break, it's going to keep calling you. Like if you are meant to be with this person and you take a break you're going to come back, right? Your heart is still there. Your mind is still there. If you are having difficulties and you work through it, then you'll work through it. And that's fantastic, right? Like that is a, that's okay. Like I'm totally fine with being like, hey, I messed up doing this. You, you know, I messed up doing this. I'm going to fix this. Here's our plan going forward. We're going to set some boundaries. We're going to become better people. 
no couple makes it through without ever arguing once it's like i i get that and sometimes you just need to say like it's not that we're over i just need a day or two or you know we need some time apart or whatever it may be i think you know if it's if it's approaching a situation where you don't see feel like it's safe or healthy even if it's just moments where it doesn't feel safe or healthy i do think you have to act on those things because it's just dangerous not to you know, if you know your own mind and just say like, this is, this is hurting me, or I feel like I'm getting hurt, or I feel like this is escalating, or I feel like I could get out of control or hurt somebody. You know, there was this fantastic study that talked about how willpower was actually a, a, a matter of energy that you have. And so if you don't have, and that's a physical thing is getting the energy. So they're like, if you cut yourself off of like sleep and you're not sleeping well, or you're not eating right, you're going to have less willpower. Like it's just, and they, these things directly correlate. So this isn't even an assessment on like, you're a bad person. If for some reason people like make you mad, you feel like socking them in the jaw, get help, do fix it. But what I'm saying is this does not automatically make you an, a bad, evil person. This is your base instincts when you don't have the willpower and the self-discipline to control yourself. This is that primal person getting let out. Now I would never, like for me, I'd never, ever, ever, ever hit somebody. I'm a total wuss. I'm the captain of the beta males. But like, I I understand that even I, if I am on, working on no sleep and I'm just strung out, that I will say something I don't mean if somebody catches me at the wrong time or says something personal or, t or I take something personal that I will snap and I will say something hurtful to them. I might not sock them in the jaw, but I'll say something awful or do something like storm out. And I'm like, man, why am I doing this? Like I'm being awful right now. You know, I have the discipline to be aware of that. And so I take care of myself in ways that make it so that my willpower doesn't approach that as much as I can, like that I still have some willpower in reserve. And if I'm running low, I can at least warn people like, hey, I'm not feeling great today. And my mood is just, you know, on a wire here. So I'm just, is it cool if I just play video games or watch sports or something like that? You know, and, and so I, I know I'm kind of hijacking the general point of the story here, but these kind of sad situations, it just makes me really sad to see that there was something leading up to this and yet it continued. And then here it is. I, I pray of course for both families and that everybody finds healing and what's going on. And I just, uh, yeah, I, I wish, I wish love on everybody. These are, these are about as painful as times get. Um, and I, of course, everybody was hoping that she'd be found and be okay. And I'm, I'm sad that that is not the case. If there, I hope that he's okay because either he needs to answer for what he's done or be brought to justice, or if he's going through something else as well, or if he's also murdered, I don't, we kind of, I don't know, like something weird is going on. Right. So like, I just hope that everybody ends up on the path that's right for them and finds redemption, finds peace, finds healing. I'm sad that it's too late for Gabby because I think that she, uh, she had a lot to offer the world. She inspired a lot of people. And yeah, it's sad that it ended up here. Seth, are we back to me, or are we are we still on your thought? Her, her thought and then your okay. thing, or just your okay. thing, whatever you want. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm going to go back to why I'm mad at the government, <laughs> which is pretty much a. I mean, you can ask her. That's pretty much all the time for me. It's like stasis. Yeah, it's just it's just normal. Um, but no, there's that old adage that anytime the government goes, hey, look what I have for you in my left hand, you should really find out what's in the right hand. <laughs> That's kind of been this past week. And, you know, yeah, Biden had some big losses and Biden got some 
grief from media and throughout the vaccine mandate and all this. And meanwhile, what the media is not talking about is the wonderful new rules hidden within his build back better plan. Mm. He's going to mandate that the IRS spy on bank accounts with over $600. While Biden swears he's not going to raise taxes on anyone making over $400,000. Under $400,000. Yes, sorry, un- yes, under $400,000. Yeah. Yet we're going to be spying on bank accounts with $600. We're going to insist that any kind of electronic money transferring service is now sending tax documents if you have used more than $600 worth of their services from any and all sources within a calendar year. So while he may not be raising tax rates, you better believe that there's going to be more audits coming for people under $400,000 a year. So, so much for just going after the billionaires, so much for just raising taxes on rich people. You know, this whole new package makes it crystal clear that we are going to squeeze every last drop out of everybody because daddy government better get his share. Well, and I think this really harms, you know, lower and middle class families, Um, especially those who work in um you know cash heavy industries service industries contractors yep. workers self-employed small those mega billionaires all those people you're naming yeah. just the, yeah the upper crust of society yeah i uh of course freelance writer myself i get paid uh via paypal i make not only a salary via paypal but i get paid via article via PayPal, like, and it's been great because I can lie my butt off about it and I'm not going to be able to lie my butt off anymore. Now, as far as should I have been paying taxes the whole time and I'm not, okay, yeah, you got me on that one. I I, I should be paying well more than I am, but now I'm actually going to have to pay them. Did my taxes actually increase? No, I just wasn't paying them before. And now because of the monitoring, my employer is going to, I believe the wording, at least as of right now, is that it's they're going to have to withhold it and treat it like, you know, treat the, the money that they would pay me as a kind of W-2 type of situation, um, you know, and, and say, you know, hey, I had to withhold what you will have to pay in taxes. And apparently my employer is going to be doing my pet taxes for me, which I guess is something of an advantage. But darn it, I enjoyed not paying my taxes. I really did. Um my my concern is, you know, for especially people like in our level of, you know, living, um, are my taxes going to technically increase? No. Is my ability to keep my bills paid going to be impacted by the taxes I will likely have to pay? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, the fact... I almost feel like they're looking at this backwards. If if you have such a large percentage of society, of your population, who are purposely, especially right now, dealing in cash because it's all they have and that's how they survive, 
why are you coming after that right now when we're basically spiraling towards the next recession like at light speed yep like what are you doing I mean, you can increase these people we're talking about. You can increase the taxes on them by 50%. And even if now, obviously, so many would quit that you wouldn't actually end up making more revenue. But just throwing the, the curve out the moment for a second here, like you would still make, like, you'd be like, yay, we made $3 million. We can fund the government for another 30 seconds. You know, like it's just, it's a right. stupid move. Like it, it is not helpful to you. It hurts a lot of people. And it's really not that helpful to you, you know? Right. And, and, you know, again, I'm not a proponent of raising taxes on anybody. Mm -hmm. I think that's a terrible idea. I'm not a tax the rich guy. But, you know, it chaps my cheeks even more when you want to lie to my face and say, oh, no, we just want to go after all the ultra rich. Meanwhile, you're coming after me, but you're not telling me you're coming after me. And you're trying to keep it quiet that you're going to be coming after me. And I do have to wonder, like, does this fall under a Fourth Amendment violation? Is it Fourth Amendment? Yep. Search, seizure. Yep. There's no reasonable reason for them to monitor it. And honestly, I mean, this whole $600 in your account thing, why not just do everybody? Like, what? that's such a weird to me. Like, I'm like, well, I mean, I guess you, you've got a few accounts that don't ever have $600 in it, but I think most people are in direct deposit these days. I think even I, I mean, back when I was a server and I dealt only in cash, I still deposited the money into my account to pay for certain things. Like it was right. You have to. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, so it's a goofy, it's kind of a goofy thing. Now, having worked at the bank before, before this, the reporting threshold was a single deposit of $10,000 or more was our CTR. Um, or, or it triggered an automatic CTR filing. We had to file a CTR when so when this happened. But it's ten thousand dollars out or ten thousand dollars in. Now it's six hundred dollars. Now again, this is the IRS and not the bank doing it. But somebody's got to be doing a report somewhere, and it's just it. Man, I don't feel for the IRS, but that's a waste of their time most of the time. I mean, this is a. This, again, this is pension pennies for the IRS to make sure that the poor are paying their fair share in taxes. It's a very good point, Seth. I haven't really thought about this. Uh, I, I saw it in the news, but I didn't think about that. But yeah, this is this is very much in an era when we're saying make people pay their fair share. This is certainly a portion of the bill that is making sure the poor pay their fair share in kind of a First. sketchy way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, that's an easy way for them to just sort of hawk, you know, the poor middle class and they take what they want. Whereas with the rich, they're going to battle through loopholes and lawsuits and well, hiding money. Right. We're going to have to figure out how to get like Swiss bank accounts. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that work? <laughs> Someone quick Google me a Swiss bank account. It's <laughs> all crypto. Gotcha. You know, can we yeah. pay Netflix in crypto? <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll take it. I don't know. Is there anything <laughs> we can do anymore? I mean, I just, yeah. Yep. Yep. The poor are contributing to America in ways that are not just money. And they are the best. They are the best parts of this. Uh, taxation is theft. Taxation is theft. Um, appreciate everybody joining in tonight, Seth and Lou, as always, I really appreciate you both coming on and 
lending us lending us your time. Everybody benefits. Uh, we are, like I say this at the end of every, every ep- episode, but we are just, this escalation in listeners has been so awesome to see. For the past 10 episodes, we've just grown to the point where I'm like, how did we double our last episode? How did we double our last episode again and again and again? I do joke about us competing with the main show. They still probably have about 50 times the listeners than we have. But, I mean, 2% of We Are Libertarians is not too shab, right? So, like, I mean, and the thing is, is with the way we've been accelerating, it is one of those things that this is becoming a big deal. And it's only happening because you listen. And this gets recommended to other people the more you listen. For the first time, I had, uh, now, of course, they're friends. They're not randoms. But they were recommended this video, the last video that we did this week that was about abortion, got recommended by Facebook. over And so I'm one of the few libertarians that can actually say they've actually had their video recommended by Facebook. Wow. So that's, that's kind and of exciting, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we passed abortion. the abortion. That's yeah. wild. On abortion. Yeah, no kidding. So this is the vaccine mandate. So I'm sure va- I'm sure Facebook is going to love that and tag the heck out of it. But, uh, you know, so, so, such as it is, you know, but I am just happy. Thank you so much for being a part of this and really just listening is everything. Listening is everything. If you share with your friends, that's gravy. If you leave a review, that's gravy. Um, it, I still really, really appreciate those things. But even if all you're doing is sitting and listening, it does make a difference. We have 10 times the listeners that we had five weeks ago, and I'm sure it's going to keep going up because darn it, I have some great contributors on this program. I would like to thank all them right now as well for their voices just really uh, people that challenge me even in my ways of thinking. I'm now going to grapple with for the rest of the week whether Elon Musk uh, did the right thing. So uh, that's just that's <laughs> here we go. Thank Elon's you all so much. Better than Bezos. He's a he's an Elon fanboy though. So okay, okay. But he is better than Bezos. Yeah, I, you know what? Probably I. I uh, <laughs> Bunch of billionaire fat cats. You know how I feel about them. Even the <laughs> proletariat says this uh, says this capitalist over here. But again, thank you all Let's so much. It. Kisses. You have an excellent evening, and I look forward to seeing you all next time.